Hello, and welcome to this edition of the Oregon Wine History Archive podcast. The Oregon Wine History Archive is located at Linfield College in McMinnville, Oregon, and is dedicated to preserving and sharing the Oregon wine story. This podcast will share these stories through oral history interviews we've conducted throughout the industry. Please enjoy these stories. All right, my name is Rich Schmidt. I'm here with Elena Rodriguez. It's August 12th, 2019. Uh, we're on her property here over in, uh, in, in Amity. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today, it's Elena. Dayton, in Dayton, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. We're on her property over here in Dayton. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, let's start with the question, uh, why grapes? Why, why a vineyard? So my father uh, bought this land in 96. Um, I grew up out in Gaston and then later on he we, he bought this um, in 96 and then we, he decided, uh, he was more, more um, he was approached by a friend actually that was in the industry. He was a vineyard manager and he knew a lot about grapes and um, he knew how to plant grapes and so he was approached by his friend to, to plant grapes out there. It wasn't really in the plan of our farm. It just kind of, we were, my dad originally did cattle and when I was in high school, I raised sheep, my brother did pigs, we kind of did the whole thing and kind of did that, you know, farming and grass basically because this is what mm -hmm. the land was, you know, for. So that all changed in 2005 when his friend approached him and he um, asked him if he wanted to plant some grapes out there. And uh, my father being, um, I guess a visionary, you can say. I mean, he, he was born and raised in Mexico, Durango, immigrated over here in the 70s, and he was a farmer over in Mexico, and he always envisioned having a farm here in the U.S., so um, he ended up having the farm, and so he kind of went further and planted the, the grapes in 2005. So that's where, that's how that kind of started. Um, I wasn't around for that. I had already moved out. I had already gone to college and I was living out of state at that time. But I would sometimes come back and see what my father was doing. And so this was, it was really interesting to me because, it, you know, there was a, uh, you don't really, didn't really tend to see uh, vineyards on the valley floor. Mm -hmm. So um, there was a lot of like, you know, why are you doing that? That's not going to work, you know, all that kind of stuff. But my father just kept pushing on and doing it. and. Um, now, here I am, <laughs> managing it for him. So I moved back um, in 2015, so it was five years ago. Um, I came back and it was really, you know, we we're all, it's all a family operated thing. And so it was really um, kind of my, my father was kind of asking me, you know, do you want to take over the vineyard? He's kind of moving on, retired from this and from the whole farming thing actually. So he doesn't do anything out here. And, um, my father is a farmer at heart. I never pictured myself farming at all. I studied, I pursued nursing actually, so. Um, but I saw how much it meant to him. It meant, I mean, he, he, this, he kind of, this was kind of his dream to do this. And so um, it was kind of an honor to take over the vineyard for my father. And so I started doing that in 2015. And um, I, I, granted, I didn't do wine. I didn't do vineyard or anything. So it was all new to me, so I kind of, I kept working part-time and then I, I worked vineyard part-time after that and um, there was kind of a transition where it was like vineyard just kind of just sucks you in and you just kind of have to give it all it, all your time to that so there was a point where I was like you know I really need to start focusing more on this if I really wanted to want to do more with it and so and it, it really wasn't I loved it too it wasn't something that that I was just like um, 
maybe I'll do this maybe on the side, but it was something <laughs> it, I, I really enjoyed it, learning about it. I mean, vineyards are so complex and every vineyard is completely different. And so um, just trying to learn my site um, was a challenge, of course. And mm -hmm. then, um, yeah, and so slowly in these last course of the five years, it kind of just, I kept getting more drawn into it and um, loving it and enjoying it and learning the vineyard and appreciating wine is where it kind of came, came out to, so, yeah. So when, you're, when your father made the decision to put in grapes, uh, where did he get the knowledge and, and get the grapes and get the, make the decisions on what he wanted to plant and how? So it was really his friend that was the vineyard manager. Mm -hmm. He's, um, he planted a lot of, uh, started planting a lot of vineyards around this area. And so um, his friend that was the vineyard manager really is the one that told him what kind of clones mm -hmm. to plant on here, what he thought would be a good idea to put here. And um, managing it though was kind of a challenge because I, um, it's a completely different site um, to all the ones that are up on the hills. So my question is when I first arrived, it was, you know, um, oh, you shouldn't have such a thick cover crop or you shouldn't have this or that or th certain things. And, but but as slowly I just, just, I started understanding that um, this site is, is very different from even just like if you go, I go two miles away from mm -hmm. here or a mile away from here, it's completely different. So um, that part, um, I learned more about just, just reading. I read a lot. Um, and so I, I have, haven't taken any like formal education classes on anything really, but um, I'm planning to. <laughs> um, on the vineyard, I haven't, but that's just more just out there learning and kind of learning from the vineyard, so. Tell me about, tell me about the challenges then of having a, a valley floor uh, a site and what it, what it exactly makes it different from uh, on the hills. Um, so the vigor is is the number one um, issue with um, that I noticed when I first started. It was either um, well, most people that would come out here, my buyers, of course, you know, oh, you need to take care of the vigor, you need to take care of the vigor. You know, that was the number one thing that that uh, uh, people would say. Mm -hmm. And then um, so that finding the ba the right balance for that was um, was a challenge, mm -hmm. trying to figure out how much cover crop to do and put to not till but then being on the valley floor I have a lot of moles and voles too so then the tilling helps with that and mm -hmm. so we had some like mole and vole issue with some when I stopped when I put a lot of cover crop mm -hmm. so that, to trying to find a balance with that was one of the was probably the hardest thing and probably still is a, t a challenge <laughs> every year is different this year is completely different from last year <laughs> i thought i had it down last year was a great year and then this year i'm like oh gosh what's going on <laughs> so why is it raining in august <laughs> yeah exactly i still have a bright green cover crop out there usually my grass is like dead by then and then i start tilling and i'll do you know so but yeah it's every year is different here in oregon so <laughs> That is the number one challenge that I have, um, trying to find a balance for the vine, the growth of the vine. And sometimes it's just uh, walking out there, looking, listening, and watching the vines. It's, I spent a lot of time doing that, and so. Um, you mentioned kind of developing a love for the vineyard. Uh, tell me about the, what it is that appeals to you about farming grapes. It's completely different than anything else. I grew up, you know, having a garden and uh, having cattle and stuff but um, the the process to it and the um, I guess it, um, in the end the product of, of wine is what's was actually amazing and then and the fact that I can 
do certain um, practices out in the vineyard to change the quality of the grape mm -hmm. is and ultimately the wine mm -hmm. is uh, was something really amazing to me. I was like, oh, I, I, I can um, drop some fruit here, I can thin here, I can start thinning earlier, be, try this experiment, like do it before bloom or after bloom and see what I get. Mm -hmm. And um, that's kind of what, what was really, um, there's so many different things to, to do out out in your vineyard that you can, as a, as a small grower, because I could walk out there and I, I tend to, to, I have certain rows that are like mine and I will care, the, care for them and, and, I, and I'm able to experiment kind of and mm -hmm. see what the outcome will be at the end. And I, I, thought, I thought that was just, you know, as I grow, if I could see and, and do the, change my practices maybe to see the, what the ultimate product will be mm -hmm. is, well, it's very interesting out there in the vineyard. <laughs> you mentioned uh, buyers and finding buyers. How have you guys gone about finding people to buy your grapes? And, and then what have their expectations been for what they're going to get from you? Um, so early on, we always had really big, big buyers, big mm -hmm. companies come out. And um, we're, we've been very fortunate that um, every year we've always had a buyer. We've never had a problem finding anybody. Mm -hmm. um, I guess I thank God for that, and also my brother. He, my brother's a sales guy, so he's really good at that too. I'm, I'm, <laughs> so we've been very fortunate that we've never had an issue with that. Um, there have been some buyers that are more um, involved, mm -hmm. uh, more winemakers that have been involved, um, wanting us to do more certain things, um, and that that's always challenging. Um, it was always challenging. Uh, now it's not so much. I tend to go for less involved buyers <laughs> now that I can do that mm -hmm. so um, and but but it was uh, it really was um, sometimes it was um, discouraging too just to hear like some winemakers come out here and be like you know your grapes are no good this isn't I told you to do this or and and labor is minimum I mean we're finances and so this is mm -hmm. um, it was challenging and um, just to hear uh, uh, their feedback on things, mm -hmm. um, not all positive. So, mm -hmm. um, and next year trying to make those changes as much as best as I could with the resources that I had. Mm -hmm. So, um, slowly getting better and having a qu better quality grape is what I've been trying to achieve. And so, it's all been all all have been good in the end. You know, even with that feedback that some of those winemakers have 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 come out here and, you know, uh, given their their opinion about the site and about mm -hmm. the grapes. So that's all been very helpful. And what do you have planted out there right now? It's all Pinot Noir Pinot right Noir. now. Um, various different types of clones. And so um, when my father uh, planted it, his friend didn't really have like a, you know, this clone will do well here, or this clone won't do well. Um, but over the years, I've noticed which ones kind of do better out there. And so um, we are planning more in s of a certain kind of clone and mm -hmm. then all, um, also of a different grape as well. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. What else are you going to plant We're going to plant Riesling out here nice. too. Excellent. So, yeah, just to get some variety. <laughs> <laughs> you talked about sort of the, the feedback from, from buyers and, and how that sort of, in, in the end, helping the products. So tell me what you what you what your terroir is what do you feel like your grapes are right now what do you feel like your grapes made from your wine or wine made from your grapes is going to represent well that's kind of hard to 
to, I guess, explain. Um, I know in the end, um, I don't know, I, there's a lot of different wine that ex kind of expresses your sight in your, your area. I think for me, um, my, my terroir is what it is, but in the ultimate product, I kind of, I want just good wine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, um, trying to find like how to, this wine will express uh, you know your terroir this way. I, it, sure, that that that's great, but I just want people to really enjoy my wine and have it to be good. Really, in the end, I want it to be a to be a good product, <laughs> um, and have it taste good is the is the ultimate thing. So, I can see yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about the tell me about the decision to start start making your own wine. Um, so I, I I didn't grow up drinking wine or um, so it was all very new to me mm -hmm. when I started managing the vineyard um, and one of the things um, was just the fact that we have grapes out here and we have a vineyard and um, uh, I guess how do I um, and slowly my appreciation for wine you know started started developing and I found I, I becoming more interested in it and um, I think in ultimately I just I wanted to um, be able to to share what my father started here and um, over the years what I've learned mm -hmm. and um, hopefully with my I think I, with my wine, I wanted to represent um, my heritage first of all, and um, and kind of share the, I guess the the Latino community that works out here. Where we kind of have a footprint in almost every vineyard out here in Willamette Valley, and um, I wanted to be able to share that through my label and represent. Um, my my heritage and also um, having a vineyard mm -hmm. through through my wine label. So that was so tell us about things. about the label and about the, the your decision on a name. Yeah, so Alumbra um, is Spanish um, for to shine or shine forth. Um, chose it because it's in Spanish for you know being Mexican American, and then um, to shine forth and in Spanish Alumbra means a little bit more. Um, has more of a deeper meaning of goodness and of um, happiness. So I wanted to, something that represented my family values. Um, so we grew up in a really traditional um, Mexican family, you know, respect others, honor others, um, and be good in this mm -hmm. world. So I wanted something to represent that in, in the name. And I wanted uh, Alumbra to um, be able to, you know, tr to um, treat my employees that way and my customers that way and kind of have um, a good uh, uh, company value too. And so I wanted a name that kind of wanted to, she, she kind of had embraced all that <laughs> so it's so not even just a name but more like a philosophy for yeah for what you're kind to do. of mm -hmm. so tell me about the process then of of getting into the winemaking of, of making all the decisions you have to make in terms of what you're going to bottle getting bottles making labels all the kind of beginning process all the paperwork tell, <laughs> tell me about what it's been like the last, yeah, the last year or so, so. Um, 
decided to make my first vintage last year. I mean, uh, for 2018, our it, for as a grower, it was amazing. We had a lot of fruit and um, and we had kind of uh, some extra. And I was like, and I had already been volunteer. How I got into more into the winemaking part is with just with my buyers asking, can I help during during harvest to process your? I'll go and drop off the the grapes and we'd start processing. And I'd be and I kind of just ask them, I'll volunteer and help. And so. Um, I just started volunteering during their uh, uh, harvest season in their cellar in the winery, helping clean, helping with whatever I could just mm -hmm. to see the whole process, how it starts. And so eventually it led to, I have some, can I, can I, you know, follow along with what you're doing? And, um, you know, the winemakers have been very, uh, that, that's been pretty amazing because they've all been, uh, very much uh, happy to share mm -hmm. what they're doing and how the process goes and what you need to do and how you need to go buy barrels and how you buy racks and how you need to buy the you know all this kind of thing so they all very much so um, very helpful on on that part um i just kept kind of kind of bugging and asking <laughs> and asking so um eventually i i was able to find a winemaker that um helped me with the process of the whole thing and so and um, very fortunate that he's been helping me with this um, this last year and um, so yeah so we started out you know he's been uh, great with like contacting like these are the people that you can contact to buy barrels from and racks from and um, any kind of equipment from this is how much you need if you're going to do this much you know tonnage of grapes it's how many um, barrels you need so it's pretty much I've had that mentor there that's mm -hmm. helped me make those types of decisions of how much fruit I wanted um, to to make and um, how much wine I wanted to produce and all that so he's been very helpful I don't think without him it would have been more of a like Google search and asking <laughs> and calling uh, over and over people so um, I think just having that one connection and that one person that kind of takes you in to guide you has uh, it, it's made the process a lot a lot easier for me yeah. what about the process surprised you what about the the, the making of wine at the post vineyard part of it surprised you yeah um, I've never done that, that, that point, I've always been on this part of it, um, and it, initially it was a lot because I, I'm out here harvesting and then um, I have to go into the, you know, so I would harvest all day in the morning and then I'd be in the winery all day till, you know, so it was, it was kind of a lot and, and that part was kind of like, okay, am I, do I really want to do this? But then in the end there is, you know, there is an ending point to that. You're like, okay, I just have one more day of harvest and then, you know, we could just do the, the cellar work and the winery part of it. And so, um, I, surprisingly, you know, being out here, I actually, I work out there and I do a lot of it out there. I actually enjoyed the, the winery work. So mm -hmm. it was, um, I enjoyed being with all the, the smells of it, <laughs> of the grapes and seeing the change um, from coming off this, that, I think that that's what's most satisfying to me and watching that part, picking and seeing it come off the stems and getting processed and seeing it go into the fermenter and then fermenting and doing punch downs and that, I loved all that, I enjoyed all that. I thought it was gonna be hard work and I was like, oh, I don't think I'm gonna be able to do this and it's actually easier than out there. So I, I was okay with it and, and I very much, I enjoyed it. So um, one of the things I guess that um, 
once I learned the process of how to make wine, um, it was a lot easier at first. It was just, you know, it was a little bit everywhere and a lot to take in. So, um, but um, I can't remember what your original question was that you asked uh, me. If there's anything surprising about <laughs> surprising. the process. Um, I'm trying to... I mean, like you said, it was yeah. pretty new. Kind of everything, was. Was, everything was new. Well, I'm just curious if it was. We talked we talk to a lot of people about the winemaking process. Sometimes they have their like. I didn't know there was so much cleaning. I didn't know there was so much. You know. So. Yes, that, <laughs> that that is true. You do you do do a lot of because that's how I first started. You know, helping out, and so it is a lot of cleaning. Um, but like I said, it wasn't as bad as working out in the vineyard <laughs> <laughs> and doing the harvest work part of it. So. Um, I guess just coming from a hardworking family and hardworking that I, I guess I kind of just fell right into it and I was like, oh, I can do this. I guess the surprising thing was that I looked at the process and I thought, oh, yes, this is something that I can do. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I wanted to get in there and see if I was something that, oh, this is not for me. I don't think I'm gonna be able to do this. So surprisingly, it wasn't as difficult as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> And your first vintage is brand new, yes. just out, yes. uh, 2018 Rosé. Mm -hmm. so tell me about what that feels like to have that in the bottle. Uh, gosh, the, the whole process of um, getting all the licensing and all that has been really long and hard and I didn't realize the whole process to that. So I should have started that a long time ago to get all that done. Um, that was the most, I think, for me, not being on the business side of things and not knowing um, that part. Um, uh, my uh, my family has helped me a lot with that, so I'm I'm grateful that they've done that whole all the paperwork side of things mm -hmm. and um, helped me with it. Um, and so finally being able to get my label, I felt I feel like it, I started this process last year, and it's just barely I barely, you know, I was barely able to get the go ahead to print it, you know, like three weeks ago. So I didn't realize that's how long it took to get that done. So that part was it kind of like, a, um, I guess you can say like, oh my gosh, the summer's gonna be over and I still haven't had my rosé out and I'm just sitting there waiting for <laughs> like, the, you know, get all that licensing done and get the email and be like, okay, you can finally do that. So that part um, was a little bit discouraging, just kind of waiting around for that to finally be done. So now that it finally uh, arrived, um, it's, it, it's kind of scary now because <laughs> uh, now you have the whole part of sales and it is a, this is a small operation. I work out in the vineyard, I work in the winery, now I have the wine and I actually I go out and I sell it. So that whole part is um, I think the hardest for me out of the whole, everything. I am first foremost a farmer that loves to be out here. <laughs> I walk in through my vineyard, you know, I don't really talk to many people throughout my day. So, um, that has been um, a new challenge. And I knew that was gonna be challenging for me, so I've been kind of preparing for it. Mm -hmm. uh, and, but yeah, it, it didn't really prepare me. <laughs> I didn't really prepare myself for it. So, but yeah, that, that, that just came out and I'm really excited that it finally did. Um, and it just kind of feels unreal for, for a while just because I've been thinking about it for a while, you know, maybe I can make my wine, maybe not. Maybe my grapes aren't good enough. They're, they are, they're not, you know, getting all over that and kind of building a confidence to finally saying like, okay, I'm just gonna do this and mm -hmm. try it. And um, yeah, so that, that, that's 
kind of exciting and scary all at the same time. So <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. Is there is it a little nerve wracking to have like a product out there with your name on it that's now people are going to drink? Yes, it is because you know you never know. People are like, oh, this is great. Oh, this is not. And, but and, and it's something that I've worked hard on. So it's something you know, especially when you kind of put I put all my work out in the vineyard and the winery, and in the end, this is you know. This is kind of like my heart and soul and here it is and so it is it is very very um ner nerve-wracking like you said to kind of put that out there and be like this is me <laughs> this is a, you know and i hope you if you enjoy it or not so yeah so what has it been like you, you mentioned sort of getting prepared for selling wine and now you have wine to sell so what has it been like and what are you kind of foreseeing for sort of sales strategies as you look ahead yeah so this is um I've kind of talked to my my brother is kind of like my he's like I said he's my sales guy he's really good at stuff like that as well but I kind of get out there too doing it and um, our one of our marketing um, projects I guess you can say for us um, we wanted to try to focus on selling more wine to the Latino community. Mm -hmm. That was one of our number one reasons of why we wanted to make the wine originally, just to share who we are. And this is um, a, a product from, there's not that many Latinos that, that, that make wine and that, that sell it. And so um, we wanted to try to uh, share it to the Latino community first so like sell it at um, Mexican restaurants with Mexican food and that's not really part of our culture mm -hmm. so um, first and foremost a lot of the times um, the Mexican food is paired with like beer or hard liquor that's like the number one thing that, mm -hmm. that most people tend to drink at those types of places so um, yeah, I've gone out there and I've been talking to some of them and they're looking at me like, well, I don't know, are you sure? I'm like, look, this, I know this is kind of, you know, new, it is new, you know, but um, that's one of the things I want to try to do. I want to try to get more Latinos to buy wine and, and I wanted to want to see if that if that's going to happen. And so one of the things I wanted to start selling at the, the um the Mexican stores, the Latino stores where they, you know, you know where they sell their, mm -hmm. um, their food at and stuff and so that's one of the things that I've gone out to and I've tried to um, talk to about that my whole kind of idea that I have on um, pairing wine with Mexican food mm -hmm. so it, I, it you can do it it's just not common so mm -hmm. that's one of the things that I'm trying to trying to do are you getting some traction are people taking you up on the chance I got one one guy <laughs> <laughs> out in McGinville and yeah so he's um, he, uh, I don't know, uh, I don't know if I can say his name or not, sure. but Jimmy out and um, he just opened a restaurant out in McMinnville, right by Linfield, Mescal. Oh, Mescal. Yeah. So I went and talked to him and he was really, he was, he was excited about it. He's like, yeah, this is such a great idea. So um, we've been talking, I've been talking to him and he's, he was very inviting and really, um, really, you know, enjoyed the, the idea that I had. So um, that was encouraging. Um, but of course other places were like, well, I don't know, I don't have a lot of people that, you know, a lot of Latinos come in and buy wine, I don't know. And so I'm like, I know, it's, I know it's not very common. So that's uh, one of our things that we are, you know, one of our marketing um, projects or kind of things that we have on the side. So, yeah. It's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> Challenging, but yes, exciting. Yes, it is a challenge, <laughs> it is. <laughs> 
So as you, as you look ahead for yourself and for Alumbra, what are you, you kind of hoping for as you look, say, five, ten years down the road? What is your kind of goal in, in mind? I definitely want to increase my production for sure. Um, and um, maybe, hopefully, all our, you know, be all estate, you know, mm -hmm. um, uh, wine that we have, all of it. But, um, oh gosh, before uh, 10 years down the road, I don't think I've seen that yet. But Maybe, you know, two, maybe two years down the road. Yeah, being just, just that we started. Um, I'm, you know, maybe hopefully open up a little tasting room is one of the things that we are kind of, kind of um, thinking about mm -hmm. for the near future. Yeah. Um, yeah. You got a great little location here, if you, yeah. potentially. <laughs> um, so, what have you, you you mentioned kind of your, your your connections with the Oregon wine industry? What have you what have you kind of seen of the Oregon wine industry? And what do you, and what do you expect? as you're growing for the Oregon wine industry to, to look like? Um, I know there's a, the small, like really family owned um, vineyards and wineries are um, kind of, that's kind of what, what Oregon wine what kind of started and how it, it, how it became what it is, you know? And so um, I'm hoping I still see a lot more small family-owned vineyards and wineries around there that are um, keeping it small and Oregon local is kind of what I like and um, hopefully more people you know start their own little vineyard out there and hopefully more I, I, I want to you know more Latinos have the um, what is it uh, courage to do that you know um, we know how to plant it we know how to grow it we know how to take care of it um, it's just the whole wine part that, you know, it is intimidating to kind of go out there and start that. Um, but hopefully I see more out there that begin to do, you know, part of the wine, the winery part of it. So. And what advice would you have? What would your words of wisdom be to someone who wanted to join the industry today? Perhaps a Latino person wanted to join the industry today. Yeah. Um, don't be afraid to fail. <laughs> Um, it's one of the things, you know, and I don't, and you will probably end up having a lot of failures, but that's kind of along with the business is number one thing is just, I would say, just don't be afraid of failure. Just uh, keep going and moving forward and, you know, things may not work out the way you thought in the end, but um, just learning it and um, sticking to it and moving forward each time. It's kind of scary, and um, but uh, if you kind of keep keep with it and kind of determined to do it, just um, yeah, I would say don't be afraid to fail. <laughs> Excellent. That's my, Excellent. That would be my advice. Yeah. Is there any questions? Okay. That's all the questions that I have for you today. Uh, is there anything I should have asked that I didn't? Anything we should have talked about that we didn't c cover? Um, kind of an open forum here, so yeah, something we didn't no, talk about. I think that's it, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, thank you thank so much you. for your time, and congratulations on your, on your first vintage. Thank uh, you. And uh, to many, here's to many more, hopefully. And, well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll let you off the hook here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this edition of the Oregon Wine History Archive podcast. And thank you to all the supporters, partners, donors, and interviewees who have made our project a success. Be sure to check out our website at OregonWineHistoryArchive.org 
for more interviews, plus photographs, wine labels, and more. And stay tuned for more interviews as we tell the story of Oregon wine. The Oregon Wine History Archive podcast is brought to you by the Oregon Wine History Archive at Linfield College. The executive producer is Kiana Anderson. Producers are Rich Schmidt, Rachel Woody, Stephanie Hoffman, and Camille Weber. And a special thanks to all the Linfield Archive students who have contributed to these oral history interviews over the years.